Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest podcast. And this is part two of What's New in Radiology, March 2010, better known as Hot Topics. And I had a few really good hot topics. At least in my mind, they were good last time. And let me tell you a few other ones that I think are really good. And um, so, for example, the two articles that are related to fatty infiltration in the liver that I think are important, each of them are important in their own way. But I think if you put the two of them together, it really should bring up a, a thought process for all of us. So here's the first one. The first one looked at fatty infiltration of the liver and the fact they use low-dose CT, non-contrast studies, and they said that um, CT was a very good means, which we all know, for detecting asymptomatic hepatic steatosis. And perhaps it's even going to have more importance because we know that it um, makes the patient at risk for progression to steatohepatitis and cirrhosis. So perhaps... This could be a good screening tool. And an, another statement from this article by Boise, assessment of liver attenuation by non-contrast CT represents an objective and non-invasive means for detection of asymptomatic hepatic steatosis, whereas clinical risk factor assessment is unreliable. So a good point here, right? Clinical risk, unreliable, expensive, single slice, very accurate, very reproducible. Now, of course, the authors do note that it remains unproven whether this subset of individuals with moderate to severe fatty liver disease are truly at greater risk for progression to steatosis, hepatitis, or cirrhosis, and longitudinal follow-up is necessary to answer this question. So it's not a perfect thing, but it's something to think about. Now, one thing this article does bring up, and I'll review it with you, is how do you define fatty infiltration and non-contrast CT? Well, there are many different articles that speak about this. So one is a liver attenuation of under 40 Hounsfield units, an absolute measurement. The more classic, the liver attenuation less than or equal to spleen minus 10. So uh, basically, that's one classic way, liver attenuation equal to or less than spleen. Remember, we always used to say non-contrast CT, the liver is always denser than spleen by seven to 10 Hounsfield units. Liver attenuation less than or equal to the spleen plus five. And finally, the liver to splenic attenuation ratio of uh, less than or greater than 1.1. But when you look at all of these, except for the first one, you're saying is the liver is always denser than the spleen, usually 5 to 10 Hounsfield units. If the liver is less dense than the spleen or it's equal, there's fatty infiltration. The lower the number, the more fatty infiltration. But the first one uses this value of less than 40. And in this article uh, that I quoted a few moments ago, that's what they use less than 40. Again, it's a very easy way of doing it, but surely if you take a plane through the liver and spleen, you can get multiple different values. So that's one comment. Another article by Assay in Radiology, patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, even without metabolic syndrome, are at high risk for atherosclerosis. Assessment of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease may be helpful for cardiovascular risk stratification. So now these authors are saying the fact you have fatty liver, it's a high correlation with increased cardiovascular risk. Patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease have more instances of coronary artery disease and coronary plaques than patients without non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And summarize, presence of fatty liver is a strong predictor of subclinical coronary artery disease. So now it's interesting, you have fatty liver, perhaps intervention is necessary. You're at a higher risk for developing liver disease of significance. You're at a higher risk for developing coronary artery disease. It's a very easy measurement on CT, something to think about. And all of us do comment on CT, mild fatty infiltration in the liver or something like that. 
but we think it's just sort of a throwaway message. And the clinicians probably read it as a throwaway message, just one of the things we say, kind of like osteophytes in the spine. Well, the answer is, it's not the case. This could be critical in managing that patient. Assi goes further and says, because we observed a cross-association between coronary plaques and degree of fatty liver, we can actually the possibility that the duration of fatty infiltration may be a determining factor for atherosclerosis in these patients. Now, of course, that's an important thought to make. You know, we've seen patients develop fatty infiltration in three days, somebody with um, hyperalimentation because of an ulcer, because of pancreatitis, can develop fatty infiltration very quickly. So we're not really speaking about those patients, we're speaking about other patients. So again, something very important, and I think um, something you got to think about, and um, something I'm going to think a lot about, because uh, it could have big impact on what we tell our physicians um, in terms of what this information does mean. Okay, another topic. Um, Good article by Corsi, also in radiology. Rising utilization of preoperative CT and advances in technology coincided with a decrease in the negative appendectomy rate for women 45 years and younger, but not in men of any age or women older than 45 years. Now, the reason those numbers come true is because um, utilization was almost probably 100% in patients with suspected appendicitis in men and surely in older women. It was always the younger women who we said, okay, childbirth age, we better do ultrasound, we better do nothing. And um, as preoperative CT use increased, the negative appendectomy rate in women 45 or younger decreased from 42.9 to 7.1%. And this is just very important information. When we try to prove the value of CT, here's just an incredible value. Look how few patients are going to appendectomy uh, and finding a normal appendix. And that's a factor of six, just by using CT in this one study over a 10 year period. And the percentage of patients undergoing CT prior to appendectomy increased from 18.5% in this study in 98 to 94% in 2007. So you can see, well, we all know utilization is increasing, but this is a good example of where utilization increasing is showing better patient outcome. And we believe our study, along with results of other studies, supports the use of preoperative CT, particularly in the evaluation of women of reproductive age suspected of having acute appendicitis. Again, use low-dose studies, um, do the proper protocol, but again, not to do a patient just because they're younger is not in the patient's best interest. You don't want patients going for appendectomy who don't need it. And here's just a good example. This patient had right lower quadrant pain, had a history of ovarian cyst, and you can see the ovarian cyst present, but look at that appendix. It's dilated, it's enhancing, there's local inflammation, and here's just a few more views of that appendix. Beautiful example of classic acute appendicitis. This lady was followed a bit. Everyone assumed it was GYN in origin, but just a great example. Just do the CT, get it over with, do the right study, make the right diagnosis. So a couple comments. One, I've shown you these two lectures that even after you know everything about CT, there's more to learn. Things are constantly changing. CT continues to evolve and will continue to evolve, regardless of what the President Obama health plan looks like. And as I dictate this, just like everyone else, I read the paper, Obama is saying we need a health plan, and we all agree with that. As for what the health plan looks like, no one agrees. Tough call. Another thing, you need to keep up with the latest changes in CT and CTA. It is constantly changing. 
And what I'm trying to do at least once a month or once every other month is present some of the hottest articles we do see and how it really impacts clinical practice and present them to you for discussion. And most of you do know that we have a pearl section and every month we put up between 25 and 100 pearls, which also are key findings in recent articles. So that should be helpful to you. And if there's any topics you want addressed that we haven't addressed, and we've done about 350 vodcasts at this point, just mark it on Ask the Fish or email it to me at my email address. And with that, have a great day. Bye-bye.